Welcome to On, Cultivating Student Engagement in Higher Education. I'm the new host, Lauren Kelly, an instructional designer in UDIT Academic Technology Services. This reimagined podcast provides teaching perspectives related to instructors and students, but with a shift toward how technology and innovation add value to the teaching and learning practice. Expect to become better acquainted with support services available to you regardless of your course modality. In this episode, we'll take a look inside the University of Delaware's state-of-the-art studio and video services. We'll learn about the latest tools and technologies being utilized, how faculty can access these facilities, and the specialized support provided in this area that is part of academic technology services. We'll also discuss best practices for creating compelling educational videos, challenges faculty face in developing online content, and the studio's vision for the future. Whether you're looking to enhance your online instruction or you're just curious about the behind-the-scenes work, you won't want to miss these insights. I have two guests joining us today from Academic Technology Services, Stacy Wow and Ali Pulowski. I am going to have you both introduce yourselves to our listeners. I'm Stacy Weil, and uh, I started out about 23 years ago at UD in um, the College of Health Sciences, and I recorded distance learning classes mostly for the nursing department at that time. And after about 10 years, everything went centralized. So I moved over to Central IT and joined Academic Technology Services, where I've been ever since. Uh, so now I record courses for the entire university, as well as anything else that people require of me in our multiple studios. And um, I've also moved into um, managing Zoom for the campus once that was brought on board. Hi, my name is Allie. I am part of Academic Technology Services. I was a pandemic hire. Uh, so I started at the university just a couple of years ago, but I've been doing audio and video production for over 10 years. Um, a lot of studio work, um, started in theater work. Uh, that's where I really fell in love with audio production and getting into that and the whole live event scene. Um, and I moved into yeah studio work and broadcasting, webcasting. I got the job here to be part of the UD Capture team. And now it's kind of the video services team. It's morphed a little bit and I get to work with Stacy in the studios and the control rooms and make things happen. And Allie, welcome back, because you are part of one of the uh, episodes for our very first season where we got to learn a little bit more about UD Capture. So thanks for joining us again. So let's dive right in to find out a little bit more about this transition with the studios and the work that both of you all do collectively. So can you start by giving us an overview of your roles and responsibilities related to the studios and video conference rooms at the University of Delaware? Essentially, I'm the manager of the video services and video conferencing for the campus. Different departments have their own little pockets where they do a little bit on their own. But since we're out of central IT, we serve anyone who needs to come in. So our goal in academic technology services is to serve faculty with the technology that they need for their teaching function. As you've discussed before, ATS covers Zoom. It also covers Canvas and Pull Everywhere and a number of other programs that faculty would need 
for their teaching, as well as services to help them learn how to incorporate those tools into their courses. For the most part, our group is concentrating on the video side. So as professors need perhaps a, a small recording of um, something in their lab or or just a small piece where they're writing on a board, something that is taught often that they reuse over and over again, they can come to us and we can help them create that. We also have three classroom studios with multiple cameras and microphones installed and a full-time technician that will sit through the entire course so that an instructor can have their class taught live with the students in the room and everything is recorded. We can incorporate live hybrid classes with Zoom, have a lot of regular full semester long classes that happen. And then, of course, we also cover everything related to Zoom and video conferencing. So we're here to support faculty and staff and students on their conferencing needs, making sure their classes are running properly, everyone can get into their accounts and that sort of thing. In supporting kind of faculty and students in the, in this way, you know, anywhere from Zoom to in-classroom support that you talked about, what does your typical day look like? As soon as you get there and you get your that cup of coffee and you start looking at requests, what does that day look like for you both? Honestly, it changes day by day. We'll come in with a schedule in mind halfway through the day, realize we're doing something completely different <laughs> because somebody's come in with something they need right away or have a problem and you need to drop other projects and work with them. Generally in the studios, I, I will have a schedule with what classes are running at what time and in what studio with notes on whether it has a Zoom component, whether it's uh, recorded or not, or what's being done there. And then we just sort of follow through that schedule for the day. Then, of course, there's there's meetings on projects. And then we have the um, small studio that uh, Allie runs for the department where professors can come in and record smaller pieces on their own, where she'll set it up for them and work on those uh, separately from full semester classes. So Allie's day is a little bit different from mine, if you want to cover some of that. <laughs> I would say you kind of hit the nail on the head there by saying that it's very different every day. So when we have different things to do or things that we've planned for, not everything goes according to plan. But I would say a lot of the job is about not just the recording aspect. That's probably the smallest part of the job. The, the biggest part of the job is the communication before the planning before, making sure you have everything you need, the people you need, all of the resources, tools, all of the details so that you can do it effectively. And then afterward, it's a matter of checking. You want to make sure it sounds right. It looks right. You want to make sure that the person who's going to own the video wants it to look and sound the way that it does or else, you know, redo it, you know, make sure that they are happy with the product that they are producing with you. And I think that's a huge part of what my day to day is. And so I'm I'm hybrid. So sometimes I come to campus, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm just doing things from my computer at home or doing some video editing, audio editing for people. But other days I'm coming into the studio and I'm working with someone on the green screen who's never been there before and they don't know what they're supposed to do or say or where to look. And I'm like, it's okay, you're going to love this. It's so easy. And so my day is just, I mean, I love that it's different every day. I think it keeps me on my toes and it keeps it creative and it keeps it fun. 
Yeah, I would have to agree. That sounds really exciting and exhilarating all at the same time based on what things are thrown at you. I would think, especially Stacey, I know of situations where you have faculty that walk in hair on fire. There's like all out crisis and everything shifts toward basically fulfilling the need for that particular faculty person. And they're really irate or they might be really upset in that moment. Being flexible is really important in this job, being able to jump from one thing to the next unexpectedly and being able to take what comes. You think something should be one way, somebody else needs it some other way and being able to pivot and and help them achieve what they need is really important. Yeah, being able to think on your toes and and being very flexible with your time and uh, and your willingness to help people. <laughs> I, think yeah, I noticed you said flexi- very important. flexibility twice and pivoting. <laughs> so let's talk about how you keep your cool under pressure when you have faculty that might come in and indirectly they're, they're kind of pointing fingers at you. It's almost like it's your fault that this is happening to them. How do you stay so cool and calm and still provide that stellar service when faculty need that support? Yeah, you just have to remember that they're not really yelling at you. They're yelling at the world because they're frustrated and they they don't have a real person to yell at and you're convenient. <laughs> so it's important not to take those kinds of things personally and just remember that we're here to help. Our job is service and to give the best service that we can. Helping someone who's upset and frustrated understand that we are here to help and that we will not give up. We will keep working until we find the answer for them. If we don't know the answer, we will find somebody who does and keep working at it until we get them what they need. And just showing them that we understand their frustration. Even just saying those words sometimes, gosh, that sounds really awful and frustrating. I'm so sorry you've been through that. Let's see what we can do to make it better. Just those simple words is usually enough to calm somebody down and realize that you're there to help. And then you can move forward solving the problem. I would have to agree with that. I would say any aspect of this industry, whether you're working at a university or you're on a film set somewhere, um, it's it's rough because people get angry. There are heightened emotions because there's money and there's time on the line and people, they want to be valued. They want to feel like their voice is heard. I think taking that empathetic approach and stepping backwards and saying, okay, what's really going on here? You know, anger is a lot of the time a power emotion that covers other things. So something else is getting to them and they're lashing out. And it's not because they're lashing out because they're a terrible person. It's because something's wrong. You know, they don't feel valued. They don't feel heard or they, you know, they had an idea in their head and they can't get that idea out and they don't know who to talk to about it. A lot of the time, I have to just remind myself of that because it's easy to get worked up and be like, you know, I'm doing a terrible job. I should just quit. You know, you know, you beat yourself up sometimes because people point the finger at you because you're not doing what they want. And all you need to do is take a step back and say, you know what, you're doing your best and that's all you can do. And the only other thing that's left that you can do is reach out to them and say, hey, let's talk about this. Help me understand where you're coming from and what you want to see happen. Patience is everything. You know, we work with faculty a little bit as instructional designers, but we don't get the brunt of the recording. And really now that that capability for recording and that type of access is available, faculty are like looking for that kind of instant feedback. And when something doesn't work, and Allie, you mentioned this in the initial podcast that sometimes you only hear things when something's wrong versus when everything else is going right. So it's just a fact 
fact of life. People only, they only will say something when something's bad. I've never heard someone tell me, oh, that movie has great audio. (laughs) Never heard that before. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) No, probably, probably not going to hear that, Allie. I'm not thinking so. No, no news is good news. (laughs) No news is good news. (laughs) Well, let's dive more into kind of the services and amenities that you provide. Because what I'm hearing is that, Stacey, you kind of have one area that you really do a lot of support in. And Allie may be a part of that. But then Allie kind of has this newer studio that she's kind of worked to bring life to it, designing and reimagining those spaces. So why don't you all spend a little bit of time talking about that? And if you want to shed light on about how much time is spent across those areas and some of the stories in terms of the faculty that you support. Why don't you start, Allie? I, I love talking about the, the new studio. Your your design work really is stellar. So, Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, the studio that we have in uh, 115 Pearson Hall, it was in 116 and it was in a small little office, you know, maybe 11 by 7, you know, like very, very tiny. You could fit one person in there. We shoved a camera in there on a tripod and had our computer and it was, it was a working studio and it was great. But when I got hired, I I looked around and I was like, you know what? This is something I would really like to redo. I would like to take this and strip it and move it and make it a lot better and and see what other possibilities we can do with it. And so I did get that opportunity when we expanded our office to move across the hall, took a bold chance and asked the director and said, hey, I have this crazy idea. Do you want to do this? And she said, yes. (laughs) And so the studio got to be about three times the size that it was. Um, And so, yeah, there was a lot of design element that went into it, you know, picking out like what I wanted it to look like, what I wanted it to feel like, what I wanted it to be like for somebody who walks in the door and is really nervous about being on camera. How do I navigate them through the studio without freaking them out? Um, And so I, I took all these little pieces and tried to get feedback from people that were in the studio a lot, people who weren't in the studio a lot, and just see what their needs were. They needed a place to put their stuff. I was like, great, we'll get a desk and a mirror with some lights and they can put their stuff. They can get ready over here. And we can have this desk over here with the green screen over here. And you can flip the camera around and we can use the light board on the other side if they want to use that. And then things like this started coming up with podcasts and audio recordings. And I realized people have a need for a quiet space and a good microphone. And so we expanded that even more. And now we have two podcast mics that people can do their voiceover narrations for or their podcast episodes or really whatever they want to create. We can give them that space to do that and the right equipment and tools. And they really get to direct their own show, which is the fun part too. We are lucky to have her here to do all of that. She has the editing skills as well. So um, along with those recordings, we can edit some pieces together, add graphics and music and things of that sort. So we haven't had the ability to do that so much in the past, mostly because I'm the only one with those skills in the department and I'm pretty busy running the other studios and doing everything with Zoom. So having another person who can concentrate on those types of things is really great and it's allowed us to expand 
what we offer for for faculty to do their projects. So it's it's been a lot of fun. The studios that I run are quite a bit older. They were actually built in, uh, I believe, the 80s originally with a Unidel grant. Everything was analog back then and things have changed quite a bit. They've, they've gone through a number of renovations over the years. And the last one just occurred this past summer. We finally really uh, upgraded the last of the studios. Everything has state-of-the-art microphones and cameras, much better speakers. They're uh, designed for full classes. So we have one that seats 24 people with U-shaped tables. That's really great for discussion types of classes and dissertation defenses. Then we have another that seats 48 that doubles as a computer lab. Each of the 48 seats have an actual computer station installed where uh, students can log in as themselves and get into all the programming around campus like they would in the other larger computer labs. So besides being able to record and connect live with Zoom, we can also do a full class that requires computers where the students are following along with what the professor is doing or working on their own projects. So that room is very popular. The last one is more of a lecture hall. It seats 78 and is really great if a professor is really just lecturing. It's not so great for discussion, but it also does have the microphones and cameras in there. So if students have questions, that can also be recorded and you can have a full live class with as a hybrid class with live students over Zoom. So those three studios can all work concurrently all day long. We have multiple technicians, including myself and Allie, as well as another full-time person and graduate student who works with us up there. So we can do multiple classes at a time, record everything, upload it into everyone's My Media repository and automatically put it into Canvas Media Gallery if a professor requests that as well. So it, it incorporates UD Capture, the UD Capture system that's on campus, but it's much more comprehensive. They're, they're great spaces for someone who's doing a lot with their class that would be difficult for them to do on their own in a regular classroom. The regular classrooms, even the Zoom Plus rooms that have camera and microphones installed are still all self-serve. So an instructor would request that the class be recorded. They're given the information before the semester starts with how to do everything. And then they just walk in, plug in and do their class. They can call for help from a service group if they have some technical problems at the time, but there isn't really someone there who's watching over everything, making sure that everything sounds good, making sure that everything's connected right for them before the class begins. That's the service that we provide in these studios in Pearson Hall. There's a technician that sits in on the entire program start to finish. We work with the instructor before the semester even begins, giving them an orientation of the room if they've never been there before, talking about their needs. And then we're able to deal with things like student presentations where the instructors want those recorded or multiple guest speakers, items that they want to show on document cameras and things like that and have everything coordinated and and um, and incorporated. So we're able to give them a lot more hands-on service in the studios that we have. The the small one that Allie runs and the ones upstairs on the third floor of Pearson. It's it's very hands-on. It's very it's very service oriented. I would just add to that a little bit. This happened recently that somebody was up in the classroom studio 
studio for the first time. And we went in to check on her and, you know, said, okay, well, we'll be there if you need anything. And she was blown away. Her eyes got wide and she goes, you stay here the whole time? I said, yeah, we listen to you and and we're here. If anything goes wrong, you don't have to worry about it. We'll take care of it. And she was just like blown away from by this. And I think that's the, like one, one of the really great things about these classroom studios is that like you don't have to worry about all that stuff. You can just teach your class and we're going to handle it. We're going to sit there. We're going to listen. We're going to make sure everything is going great. <laughs> So now are you in those control room and you're just kind of watching over all of those spaces to just make sure that nothing is going awry or that no one needs anything? Is that how that works? Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Wonders all over the walls. each classroom it's a classroom on its own and Mm -hmm. then there's one space called the control room that um, has a dedicated area for each of the three classrooms and somebody sits with headphones on and uh, listens in on the entire class they're controlling which microphones are turned on louder or softer or you know controlling the the computer sound if somebody's playing something on YouTube and making sure that that's at a good volume we're, and we're changing the cameras. So since there's multiple cameras in each room, we'll switch it between the image of the instructor and the image of the student asking the question on, and those kind of things and kind of incorporate all of that into the recording. Okay. So uh, yeah, we're there the, the whole time listening in. And so no one's weirded out by that. You're in this control room. You're listening was, to all of their content. I was thinking that when we were saying that, I was like, okay, we're listening, but not creepy. <laughs> Right, it's, it's not, not Big Brother. It's not, we're, it's not like a, a, a lurking that's creepy weird. It's a good lurking. We're and hoping. We, we learn so much. I got to tell you, the, mm-hmm. the stuff I have learned in these classes, because I've covered everything from nursing to nutrition to railroad construction, French, Chinese classes. It just, it's, it's crazy. Fashion. I have sat through so many classes over the years. I've learned things that I never thought I would learn. Uh, the ten, yeah, the 10 years I spent sitting in on nursing classes for College of Health Sciences, I, I probably could have made a pretty good showing on, on the NCLEX exam <laughs> after 10 years <laughs> of sitting in on those classes. They used to call me their honorary nurse because I'd sat in on the classes so many times. You really learn a lot in nice. in, in this job. It's it's kind of fun, the, the different topics that that get taught in these rooms. It's it's interesting. Okay. So technically I could be one of those faculty members teaching a class you're listening in. And if something's going wrong, I, I can literally like, hey, is anyone listening? I'm having trouble with this. And you all can just go we just pop in and take care of it. Or the students say they can't hear me. Can you pump up the volume? And we just push the little lever and and pump up the volume. There's also um, what I call a bat phone in each room. They're painted white. I need to get some red paint, but they're real bat phones. But it's just an intercom that we've installed in each of the rooms and a corresponding phone in each of the sections of the control room. And all an instructor has to do is pick up the phone and press the little button and 
then um, it lets us know that they've got a problem and they can talk to us directly without everyone having to race down all the way down the hallway and back again. So they can just say what they need over the microphone. But if they want to have a conversation and talk with us, they can buzz us that way. And same goes the other direction. Every once in a while, something happens on our end and we need to let them know that and we can buzz them so that they know that there's an issue. Hey, you you don't have your mic on or something along those lines. So um, it's it's okay. it's a nice system. You've been listening to part one of this two-part series where my guests share their roles and responsibilities in the studios, how they support faculty in their teaching, managing faculty issues and concerns as they arise, control room management, and the redesign of the small recording studios in Pearson 115. Be sure to tune in to part two, where we will continue this conversation. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe. On is where you can always expect to gain ideas from our brilliant guests who will sprinkle their innovative strategies to help you add a little seasoning to your course design. Thanks again for listening. <music>